Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And today's Juneteenth. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest. He's Dr. Jay. He's the founder and CEO of Digital Wealth MD. And like I said, I'm always looking on the cutting edge, people trying new things, different things, learning, experimenting, and trying to push the space forward. So he's going to talk to us all about blockchain, decentralized finance, and some of the fantastic, interesting things that physicians are doing in this space. So Jay, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Uh, really excited to be on this. And I would like to share my screen here. Um, yeah. And here is my presentation. Okay. Um, thank you for this opportunity. I'm really excited to share um, all that I have been doing um, in this space. And um, so I'm a physician cardiologist, uh, imaging cardiologist, and uh, been in medicine for almost 30 years since medical school. And I still love medicine and I enjoy helping people. Um, I enjoy my specialty, my imaging, echo, MRI, CT. I love all that. But there's always what's next, right, in our field. And um, you know, a lot of our physician friends are doing real estate investments, options, stocks. Uh, but I kind of gravitated. I've done some of that. I have some of the properties and some of the tradings that I do. But I've gravitated and enjoyed this digital space a lot. And I'm trying to grow that uh, much more because it's so fascinating. It is growing, you know, an exponential space. And um, I am learning more about it day by day. And I want to share more with my physician friends and what this is. Um, so I've been to this space for the last two to three years and done various investments, learned from various peoples. I've been to the Bitcoin conferences. I've been to other blockchain events and trying to go more and more of those so um you know i want to share some basic uh you know principles of blockchain today um and then you know we can go more into it as we have questions so uh, i created digital wealth md and our purpose and sole goal is to educate our busy physician friends in this space and and see, I mean, this is an exciting space where people can should invest, you know, somewhat. Uh, and because, as you know, diversification is the key, right? Um, if you tell that me that there is one good stock which is going to go exponentially high, you probably just won't invest in this one stock. If you tell me this is this one big property in the best, you know, um, part of the country which you think will do really really well you wouldn't just invest in one property, right? We all have our you know, uh, retirement wealth or S&P 500s. We do all different kinds, but I think diversification is the key. So that's what I felt that at least five to 7% of your portfolio should be in the digital space. 
especially since it's growing so much and there's so much to learn. It's fascinating. But thing is that there's a lot of, um, lot of uh, fake stuff in there that you need to get vetted on. And so it's good to have um, a, a physician who is doing in this space so that, you know, um, you know, I've been done this and I can say, okay, this is not good. Do not go into this. Of course, it's a high risk space. There's going to be some, um, you know, stuff that, that are not going to um, come in that. So before I talk about anything, it's a disclaimer. I'm not an advisor, not a tax advisor, not an attorney. I'm still a physician. And uh, this information is educational only. And if you uh, want to do anything, it's do your due diligence. It's mostly educational today. You can lose all your investment if you do in the space. But um, that's my disclaimer to start with. All right. So we'll start with blockchain. Uh, what is blockchain? It's basically a, a digital ledger. A ledger is a book of uh, in the accounting space, which has all the records um, that contains all the records. And that uh, ledger is uh, across multiple nodes or computers, and it provides a timestamp, universal, immutable record that is managed by just not one entity, but a cluster of computers. And it's recorded forever so that it cannot be altered, it cannot be changed, and it's you know um, probably you know prevented from fraud or other uh, third party coming into this. So it's pretty transparent, as you see. So um, let's see how a blockchain really works. So here is an example of a step-by-step -step process how a blockchain really works. A user requests a transaction and a block of that transaction information is created. And this block is then broadcasted to all the nodes of the network. You know, nodes you can probably say as, as if like a digital computers, and then all these nodes get validated, validate the block and the transaction together. And then the block is added to the chain. So chain is based on cryptographic principles and how this is how the transaction gets verified and executed. So you create a blockchain, which is you know uh, verified by multiple sources. It's not just one third party entity, but it's up there and it's up there for anybody to see it, to verify it. It's clear, it cannot be changed, it's in there. So that's how a, a blockchain is step-by-step -step created, right? So it's decentralized. There is no central authority governing it. And, and it's, it's basically very trustworthy because you see this transaction has been verified by multiple parties. There is really no need for a single third party entity for and that third party entity you know there is no real ability to commit a fraud in there it's transparent because all participants from every angle can view this transaction on the blockchain which kind of promotes the trust and accountability significantly higher and is secure because you know this blockchain is really secured through advanced cryptographic algorithms, making it really tamper-proof. And once a transaction is recorded, it really cannot be altered or deleted. So I know people think, oh, we don't know what blockchain is. This is all fraud. I think this is really 
pretty clear in the digital space. It's recorded. It's much more tamper-proof than we can think of. And the utilities are numerous, which is coming along. Just to start with, I know real estate is a popular vehicle for all our physician friends, but blockchain is really coming in big way in the space. I know just to take the example of title companies, I think they are freaking out now because I don't think there will be, you know, uh, five to 10 years down the road, there will be need for real estate attorneys or, or title companies because we'll have blockchains that will record, track, and transfer deeds, titles, and ensuring that all these documents are accurate and verifiable. I think that's already happening and it's going to continue to happen as such. And healthcare is our field. And uh, I think uh, it is going to be slow to catch up. We are, you know, conservative in the medical field, but I think it is catching up. I mean, you know, artificial intelligence is a whole different talk. And that is also catching up in the healthcare field is going to be a big in that. And same thing with blockchain. I mean, allowing providers, hospitals to share access, you know, patient care documents without compromising security and integrity, that's huge in this space. The other two spaces I wanted to bring up is in the voting space. We have talked so much about, you know, voter fraud and inaccuracy. I think blockchain will take that all away in, in many aspects. So just to give you a glimpse of what is coming in this industry, which, you know, take it or not, it's not going to go away. So that's about the blockchain. And uh, let's give a little um, introduction to what cryptocurrency is. It's not all blockchain, right? Cryptocurrencies, they provide an alternative to fiat currencies and offering benefits such as decentralization and lower transaction fees. It's, you know, its transactions and records are maintained by a decentralized authority. But basically what they are, it's, they are a peer-to-peer -peer system that can enable folks to send money and receive payments. And that's where the banking system is coming into place, right? Right now, we have our banking system, uh, which controls most of it. But down the road, you know, as peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, currency becomes more popular, cryptocurrencies can be sent from one person to another, uh, you know, organization taking control of that. Um, that has its own advantages and disadvantages. So you have to be extremely careful when you send stuff to somebody because it's not reversible, because it's decentralized. And we're going to get used to doing that. Uh, I'm not going to go to the total, all the, you know, how it works, but basically um, what is a, so it's a coin, like a Bitcoin is a coin, right? It transacts on its own blockchain. So Bitcoin Bitcoin blockchain is does it, it's a coin. But a token, token is separate. Token uses a different blockchain than its own. Like for example, Ethereum. Ethereum has its own blockchain and Ether is the gas fees for Ethereum. So we have to kind of identify in this world what is the utility of what and what asset, right? What is the utility of a coin? What is the utility of a token? And we cannot just go on, you know, there are a lot of these hundreds and thousands of these tokens and coins that they come up and then they, you know, um, hide them and then they fall down and lose money. 
but we have to get in the back of it and find out the utility of these coins and tokens. For example, if you take Bitcoin, right? I'm going to skip off these, but go directly to Bitcoin, which is the number one token as such. So, I mean, there is a lot of you know talk about that. Okay, Bitcoin is you know it went to sixty-seven thousand, now it's twenty-six plus, and we all should own Bitcoin, and you know it's going to go to a million dollars. Um, I'm not sure about that. You know, I know Bitcoin uh, enthusiasts will kind of disagree with me. But um, when Bitcoin first came in, had a lot of utility, right? It was the only blockchain and everything had to go to that blockchain on that original blockchain. It had to be validated. So all transaction, you know, had to be gone through that. So it used to get paid gas fees, right? And but now there are a lot more altcoins, a lot more smart contracts. And um, so what are nodes? Nodes are basically custodians of a blockchain. They keep copies of the ledger in sync, you know, um, storing those data while taking on more blocks for growth. And they are programmed to execute the transactions on a majority, you know, consensus basis. But now uh, let's talk Ethereum. Ethereum is the second most valuable uh, smart contract, right? It is basically a smart contract and uh, people are developing more algorithms, uh, more tokens, you know, on their smart contracts. So, for example, if you have a, a tollway, which is owned by, say, the state or a particular state, and any car that passes through that, you have to pay gas fees. You have to pay fees to that tollway, right? Same thing. So Ethereum has and owns the smart contract, and anybody who develops a program or a token or anything else on their smart contract, you have to pay gas fees to them. And the gas fees are paid in their token, in their coin, which is ETH. And that's why I feel the Ethereum value is higher than Bitcoin because it has a contract and people are going to continue to you know, develop the programs into their smart contracts which is going to really keep on increasing their value as long as they're, you know, people are developing that. For example, if you take, uh, if anybody has used uh, Tether, USDT coin, right? USDT coin could be bought under different networks or different smart contracts. You can do it under the Ethereum smart contract, so it's ERC20. You can do it in the Tron contract, which is TRC. Both can be done differently. Um, but because the Ethereum, um, Ethereum network is so congested, it is so busy, it's supply demand, right? There is a higher fees for ERC-20. Lot of the programs or opportunities are, are now moving away from Ethereum. They're trying to do TRC, they're trying to do USDC coins, just because of the busyness and uh, kind of, you know, um, how the Ethereum network is so congested and is costly and expensive. So there are going to be networks and smart contracts that are going to be created, which are going to be working faster than Ethereum, which are going to be less gas fees. And that's what we are going towards. Um, so for example, you know, supply and demand is a thing, right? So we talked about the challenges. We talked about, you know, Ethereum and gas fees. We talked about you know Bitcoin and nodes. 
And, you know, there's another mainnet that I am kind of involved in called the G99 mainnet. And that's a whole different, you know, topic. We can talk about that more. I want to go over this slide a little bit because this kind of explains, you know, what, um, what token and what coins are like. So number one is still Bitcoin. Bitcoin blockchain, we talked about that, number one. Number two is Ethereum in this space, if you're trying to own this space. And that's a smart contract. It's number two in that. We talked about Ethereum, how congested it is, uh, busy it is that people are trying to draw. But look at this. Number seven in value is Cardano or ADA. It's also, so what happened is uh, the same guy who kind of, you know, uh, was in Ethereum, he broke off and he created his own smart contract. ADA is probably, you know, not as popular as Ethereum, but it's going to get there sometime. And, you know, it's less congested, less fees, less expensive. So it's similar smart contract. People are trying to build, you know, on this smart contract in this uh, platform more and more. What is Ripple? You know, Ripple is, XRP is used in the banking and finance sector a lot. So um, that is being used in that. And I think when this goes uh, more and more, Ripple will um, be, be more popular and um, it will grow in, in its value as such. Now, Solana is completely a DeFi, decentralized financing. So again, you know, to explain in layman terms, DeFi is decentralized account. So if you, for example, MetaMask is a wallet, which is decentralized, you only way you get into MetaMask or own MetaMask, you having the seed phrases, the 12 seed phrases that you create when you open that account and you save them and engrave them, laminate them, keep it someplace because if you lose that, you lose your wallet. You Nobody knows who owns MetaMask wallet. It's decentralized. Same thing, there are other DeFi wallets like that, like Exodus, like SafePal, and there's a name for you and MetaMask. So that is completely decentralized. And people who are in the space you know, know what decentralized, you know, is how valuable it is. So there are applications like Polygonmatic in that decentralized world. You now Litecoin is uh, number 12 in, in the in this space and it's uh, fast, secure and low cost payments. Avalanche is also a smart contract, you know, particular exchange, C-chain, P-chain. Now Uniswap is a decentralized exchange. Like Coinbase is a centralized exchange where uh, you have to do your KYC and come in and then you can exchange certain coins or everything else. But Uniswap is a completely decentralized exchange and you can do similar stuff, but you uh, have to get through your seed phrases. Nobody knows who is owning that, right? Same thing, you know, there are the metaverse, the, the whole community. There is an example of metaverse is called Sandbox at Decentral Decentraland. And Sandbox has apparently 300,000 users. Uh, Decentraland, you know, similar Upland, Decentraland has, you know, uh, around that many users as such. But so these are the projects that, you know, gives you a baseline idea uh, of the blockchain world and, you know, why this asset class, this ecosystem is not going away anywhere. And I know we in the United States are going through some regulation changes and we are, I think, a little behind on the Europe. Europe has already gotten up their act and they have the MICA regulation, which they know that they are not able to you know, um, stay behind in this world. So they're bringing in regulations much more faster. There are stores that are opening up, people are using it much more. I think we will catch up to that at some point, but this asset class, this ecosystem, 
is I think it is really valuable to, to pick up a small portion of this ecosystem, learn more about it, you know, uh, while you're doing your um, other uh, asset classes also. Uh, now, this one also is a metaverse, Upland. I was talking about that Upland. What metaverse does is it offers opportunities for the investors and gamers. They can sell non-fungible tokens. I'm not going to go into the non-fungible tokens. It's a whole different talk for a profit <laughs> and gamers can earn and play to learn. So you want to really, you know, um, want to hold an event. This is a whole, actually, it's a virtual world, basically, that is creating. And I'm part of some of the programs that are like that, an ecosystem called GS Partners that, you know, I've been involved in. And, you know, I can show uh, some of that, you know, in the next few minutes just to give an introduction. But that will be a whole different talk um, on that aspect um, by where people are kind of creating this virtual world where you can, you know, do gaming, sell some you know, products in there. That's coming up. It'll maybe take a little more longer to catch up on that. But, you know those will uh, those will at some point you know come up as such uh, to show you the other stuff that i was going to uh, share is this is the um, ecosystem that i am involved in called gs partner and of course uh, you know you buy certain certificates on that and i'm not going to go to the details of that they have their own bank called the swiss valorum bank so um, this bank is they they partner with this bank. So apparently the company which you know has a bank, it takes a lot to kind of own. They're trying to get a bank in the U.S. where you know um, you can wire your money and then get USDT and get into certificates. But they have uh, kind of interesting products, you know, called the the certificates, which are interesting, very interesting because. You know what they are doing so so gs partners is a blockchain or an ecosystem in its own uh parallel to ethereum they are not as popular as ethereum but uh i think they are, are trying to get there they are more popular than upland or sandbox because they already have half a million uh users and they're growing um as such every day but for example you know i can just show you this is a water certificate and what the certificate does um, gives you an option um, invest in real estate. So here is a water certificate. And once you purchase it for a thousand dollars, that is your key to that certificate. You then um, load the certificate with another thousand dollars and you say, I want to invest in fintech. So I was in Dubai with this uh, corporate people of this company uh, a month ago. And I met all these people in person just to know what they are doing. And, and this is their ecosystem. So you invest in fintech, you can invest in real estate. And when you once you start with a $1,000 certificate, you uh, put in another $1,000 and you invest in commercial real estate, you could possibly get that. But I'm not gonna go into the details because you know they are a compliant company and they want these to be presented in a compliant fashion. So I don't want to you know, uh, probably you know, break any compliance rule. I just wanted to give a glimpse of what that is. Um, as such, um, but you know, um, just to just to go over you know those basic stuff, and that is not just one thing that I am going. With. I like diversification, as I said. You know, I have my uh, little multifamilies. I have my land in in Texas, actually in Dallas. Um, you know, have my my stocks guy who does my retirement stocks option S and P five hundred, all that. 
but I like to diversify in this space a lot because you know uh, this excites me. This is fun. This uh, the blockchain and the wallets. And for one more thing, I kind of you know uh, did not mention is when you know when you are doing the wallets, all these wallet transactions have a hash ID, which is in the blockchain you know engraved. So you go to that hash, you particular wallet, you can exactly follow what money was sent where and how much and all that stuff. So it's pretty, you know, transparent as such. So that's what I, my interest has been. And, and this is not just one product that I discussed, but there are many other opportunities that, you know, um, that I'm kind of involved in. And I like to kind of uh, vet those projects before I even talk to anybody. This uh, one project I discussed was, you know, I've been in there for nine months and I went to, you know, Dubai to meet those people to discuss those. There are other projects that I'm, you know, in like one month or two months. And some of the projects I've lost money in it. I mean, that's what I kind of, you know, um, want the diversification and not just one. One of them could be solid and good, but there are, you know, I like to be in four or five or, you know, uh, four or five of these projects or at least I know, okay, if one of them may may go bad and my principle that you know i have a whole team that kind of helps people who are interested to come into this project and hold them my virtual assistants that are uh, expert in there and they can walk people through um to get into some of this project and and just don't forget that you know even in fidelity if people just want to have their bitcoin and ethereum they can possibly nowadays have it and you know don't have to do much more just to go into fidelity and have that I was just reading something in um, in BlackRock in you know some weekly news that they are trying to get an ETF of their own, right? So there are you know um, institutions that are coming into the space, and you know you don't if you feel like you know fidelity is where you stay, you can just go there and buy some of these assets and you know, have a small portfolio and that. I like passive income a lot. I think um, you know passive income is what kind of gives you the financial freedom. I do have some long-term investments, you know, down the road that are be there, but I'm right now focused on passive income, weekly, you know, bi-weekly, monthly incomes. So these are the projects that I'm kind of involved in that are more to that um, I could talk about, you know, much more longer. But if anybody is interested, you know, they could reach out to me and uh, we could, you know, um, talk about it one to one, you know, and, and see if uh, and you know this may not be for everyone because. You know, uh, this has a whole different line, whole different you know angle to it. Um, you have to have the guts to l be able to lose some money in there. And, you know, of course, I always tell to my friends and family that, you know, do not afford to put in as much as you can afford to lose in this space and keep it lower in that 5 to 10% of your portfolio, not more than that in any, any way. Um, uh, but, you know, it gives you a little that I enjoy that space. Yeah. Yeah, really great. Um, and I think really for physicians, because we know generally we're risk averse and, you know, kind of showing these new frontiers. We, we have, you know, about three or three minutes left. But, um, you know, one question physicians may ask is because you talked about diversification. So, um, you know, of course, not putting all of your 100% into these risky, uh, but, you know, having some exposure, you know, like one to 5%. Do all physicians need this or is just kind of uh, those ones looking for extra alpha and, you know, more gains kind of 
like you said, diversification. Good question, Chris. I think not all. I mean, some people may be happy with their real estate and uh, you know their stock folio, and they are really doing good. But for um, but if you, I think you know, if you don't change or if you don't um, model yourself, mend yourself, you're going to be behind in this space, right? You know, AI is coming in, and if you say that no, we're going to be totally averse of AI, we're going to shut down our thing. We're not going to you know, think about AI. We're going to be behind. So um, same thing in this space is, you know, evolving. And if you don't want to learn about the space, I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, you know, you can you know be in the real estate and other space. But I think you're going to be a little behind if you don't get into the space. Yeah. That's what my thinking is. Yeah. So how, how can physicians get involved like just start learning or you know kind of putting money down or just kind of understanding the terms and concepts and knowing that there this world exists where you know doctors are actually or and people are actually creating a lot of income and wealth for themselves how what is your what are your thoughts yeah uh, absolutely i think you know um uh, having a uh, years open to that i mean googling youtubing what this is the blockchain technology digital space you know all this is very helpful and the best thing you can do learn as much as possible but unless you put your skin in the game it's hard to learn so you got to get into put some money into it and even if it's in the side tracks learn about it. you know even as i said just put some money in fidelity and 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 all other other you know good retirement platforms wherever there's availability put some money and see how it grows and that will give you a little knack to learn about the space a little bit yeah i love that skin in the game you know just not 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 too much where is what you can afford to lose um mm -hmm. how, how can people contact you follow you you know check out your website you know reach out absolutely to you? um yeah i have my uh my website is digital web and i can put it in the chat and they can go to my website is still uh, kind of you know in the in the process of getting this thing uh, i can put um, i'll have my calendly link in there yeah. and my uh, instagram account at digital wealth md yeah and uh, for all the audience out there um, jay's resources will be in the links and show notes and um, you know is uh, it's great to kind of get physicians exposed like you said you know if they you can we you know we can keep our blinders on but the world is changing and especially with ai it's going to really change a lot so you know we have to keep our eyes and mind open you know we don't have to put everything into it but at, at least understand that there's different avenues and you know again technology is changing very rapidly and with that thanks so much for coming on to the podcast Thank you so much, Chris. Love having it. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Looking forward to talk to you more at some point. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. Without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.